Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that really wants Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to remain in charge of United for forever and a day. On today's part, we're looking ahead to a tricky trip to the South Coast and we'll be discussing Raheem Sterling's situation and current form. Is it the beginning of the end, the end of the end, or the end of the beginning for Razit City? Helping me make sense of that last sentence, I'm delighted to be joined today by Lloyd and Jordan. Hi Lloyd, you're well, pal? Hello, mate. Um, I am well, yes. All is good with me. How's things with you? Lovely. Yeah, all is good with me. Bit bit tired, but that's Friday for you. That's parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> that's parenthood, absolutely. I believe you're uh, heading back to your, your native north. Yeah, I am indeed. Yeah, admin related uh, to sell a car. Might try and see ASAN as well uh, as a byproduct. But um, yeah, a bit annoyed that there's not a city game at home this weekend but what can you do well that yeah it's odd law that they're basically going in a completely opposite direction to you but yeah you could um i always try and sell the car to asan and kind of bring those two things together <laughs> exactly <laughs> jordan are you well pal yeah i'm very well mate tired but no parenthood for me just uh, a <laughs> bit of laziness maybe just yeah, I'm a lot good, of mate. work i should imagine are you busy um, at the moment well i've actually had the last week off i've been in greece um, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> yeah, but believe me, it wasn't quite as nice as uh, my photos suggest. We had a couple of thunderstorms there, but um, of course, sod's law for me was that the day that we left, they had about two. Well, they're having two weeks of straight sunshine, so uh, it was still a nice break. I was gonna say, you, you can't see it right now. My heart is literally bleeding for you, George. <laughs> Appreciate that. There we go. <laughs> um, let's get straight into it, and let's get straight into the most contentious aspect of this pod, potentially at least. Uh, we may be on the same page, we may not. We've not discussed this before the pod. We've actually left it for, for the actual recording. Raheem Sterling, given his poor form and limited impact right now, and let's be honest, this, this situation has gone on for some time. Um, I'll start with you, Jordan. How would you feel about the club cashing in on him while they can? <laughs> it's, it's a it is such a difficult subject because I think Sterling means so much to the fan base and we have become very protective over him because of the treatment he received by rival fans and the media mm. and also he was fantastic for us in the title winning seasons of 17-18 and 18-19 but I think you can count on one hand the number of top performances he's put in over the, well, since the pandemic really, or maybe the December of that, uh, that pandemic season uh, just before COVID hit. Mm. And I feel like cashing in is probably the wrong term now because I don't know how much cash City would actually be able to get for him. Uh, I remember discussing on, on the pod back in January after I tweeted, how much would you be happy with City selling Raheem Sterling for? Just as a sort of put the feelers out question. Um, and the responses were genu generally between, for people willing to sell him, between 80 and 100 million. Mm. Some were saying 30 million and plenty were giving me pelters for even suggesting it. Yeah. And I think we're now in a position where given his form, I'm not even sure you can call it form really because it's it's 
been for ages. You know, the, the best performances I've seen from him have been in an England shirt at the Euros. I've not seen anything close to that form in a City shirt for a very long time. And ultimately, I feel like he has the weakest case of any of City's attackers, barring maybe Ferran Torres with a boot on his foot, to actually play a game. <coughs> and it, it's pretty, it's really disappointing because I really like him. I know how much he can offer. But to answer the question, I think if a bid came in of a reasonable fee, which I'd say 60 million upwards, yeah, I think it's got to be taken. So, Lloyd, what are the chances of a bid being forthcoming? Because obviously post-pandemic or still in the pandemic, you know, a lot of clubs have been financially hit. Most notably, of course, clubs who you would think would be interested in him, um, clubs like Real Madrid, Barcelona, you know, they're in a financial mess right now. Um, is that a big factor, do you think, that realistically the clubs who would ordinarily be bidding just don't have the finances right now? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's a big factor. It's, it's, a, it's a similar conversation to what we were having about Bernardo over the summer. Um, you know, it's, it's great that Bernardo wanted to leave, but there were no buyers and I think Sterling could find himself in a similar situation um, I think the landscape might be slightly different in the summer in that hopefully we'll have got through Covid a little more um, <laughs> maybe not in the UK with how things are going yeah. but yeah. Um, things might be slightly better on the continent but you know I think outside of maybe I think maybe Newcastle if they're, if they're genuinely serious potentially that's the kind of signing that they could use as kind of a kickoff signing if they manage to stay up and appoint the right manager. Uh, but there's a lot of ifs there. So I think well, he wouldn't Sterling, go there, would he? <clears throat> I, I don't, don't know. know. It, might, it depends. Uh, depends how much he wants to leave. I think. Yeah, but I, I, I think he's he's in a position where he wants to be play, He wants to be playing Champions League football. He wants to be a big name in football. And whilst going to Newcastle. The, the attraction is being the start of the project. I can't actually see him going to Newcastle. Well, look, I mean, I, I said a lot of ifs. It, it, I think it really depends how serious they are. Um, and that would only, we, they'd, he'd only find that out by speaking to them in, in private in the boardroom. So, um, and obviously Sterling doesn't have an agent, so he'd be doing that himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think he could be struggling for options, um, similar to Bernardo. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of you know Barca don't have any money, literally, and are probably going to have to sell one of Dion or Pedri in the summer. So I, I I'm struggling to see how they take Sterling unless it's on a free in a year and a half. Madrid um, are obviously going to shell out a hell of a hell of money amount of money on Mbappe in the summer, and they don't have that much more to facilitate apart from that um, and it's murmurings that they still might take Pogba as well which again whilst on a free would be big wages I don't see how you could do Pogba, Sterling um, Mbappe in the same summer and so yeah I think he's probably left with other Premier League teams um, Liverpool's out United probably out and then I think you're really probably looking at Chelsea maybe Arsenal maybe Spurs but does he want to go to Arsenal does he want to go to Spurs? Mm. Same question about Bernardo, but he is British. I think he's, I think he's really struggling for suitors. So, um, I think really the best look, the ironically, and I do agree with a lot of 
not, but not all of what Jordan said. I think Sterling's best kind of option at the moment is to just start playing well for Manchester City and that will improve his options, not just with us, but elsewhere. Um, so, yeah. Well, that does appear to be kind of the game plan. Um, you know, he has less than two years left on his contract, um, but he's put talks on hold for now. Uh, and the feeling is that he basically wants to get his head down now and prove, you know, to, to City what he's capable of again. Uh, just remind everyone of that and to basically bump up his value again to put him in, in, a, in a kind of position where he can negotiate with the club for an improved contract or move on for, you know, a, a, a decent fee. So it's down to, to Raz now. Um, but on the evidence so far, I mean, what we saw the other night, just chance after chance going missing. And um, for me, personally, there was an incident at Anfield, which I just found unforgivable. And I just thought, in a very cold manner as well, because I love Raz, and so it wasn't like I wasn't angry at him. I just very coldly thought, that's me done with you, mate. Now, you can go now. It was in the 91st minute. It was 2-2 at Anfield. The ball was played through. He was onside. He had the beating of Joe Gomez. He basically just had to, to sprint to goal. And if he had done, he would have been in the penalty area. He didn't even... Because I, I know he's not really... You know, he, he has a tendency to bottle one-on-one situations um, and, and try and kind of cut back and, and wait for support, um, which is a bizarre situation for any forward to, to be in. Um, on this occasion, he, he just kind of slowed himself down to a three-quarter run. I don't, know, I don't know if you remember that incident. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah. I remember at the time, I was thinking that not much was made of it. And I was livid like mm. you, really. Um, I couldn't believe it. I just thought any, you know, even like a Kane who's not got pace yeah. w- would just drive towards goal there. I mean, you can't, act, he was played in behind and he managed to get himself back goal side with the ball. It was really strange. I don't know. I mean, it's not effort, is it? It's a lack of confidence, but... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but, and he's, he's not a striker. We should say, in fairness to him, he's not a striker. Um, but City now have Grealish and Foden for the left, uh, Mares for the right and Jesus. And you, you, you not, no one really for the middle, but Sterling's not that guy. So it's it's a difficult situation for him, especially when you're out of form and low on confidence. But I'm with you, Steve. I'm, I'm, I don't have any faith in him at the minute. No, because it's not just... The, I mean, I'll always forgive a striker for missing chances. He's not committing himself to those chances and it does come down to a lack of confidence. I feel for him in that regard. I really do. But he still plays for my club and he gets paid handsomely to pay, play for my club. So if that is a shortcoming... He shouldn't be playing. You know, I don't want a player in a forward position playing for City who is scared to take on a shot or go one-on-one with a keeper. I mean, it's that straightforward for me. And regardless of who they are and regardless of how I feel about that player, which is, like I say, nothing but love for what he's, he's given to City in the past. So for me, I'm kind of done with him, you know. It, I really, as when I mean that, when I say that, what I mean is if he moves tomorrow, I I just go with my well wishes, you know. I'd be okay with him moving on, um, but realistically, what's the chances of that happening? I mean, I'll go to you first, Lloyd. But same question for both: Do you think he'll be a City player, say, a year from now? I think there's a good chance he won't leave in the summer, and he'll just run his contract down because I think, yeah, I think he, I think he could be short of options. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and I think we we could have a like proper situation which United have at the moment where we're still probably potentially trying to convince him to sign a new deal with basically nine months to go or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, the problem is ultimately, lads, like a, a lot can change in football very quickly. Um, to throw just to to go back to the like, main question at the beginning, just because I didn't really get to put views mm. across. I do think to give a little bit of the other side of the coin, I, I do agree with what you were both saying in that specifically in relation to Anfield, like you're there kind of thinking, you're not even committing to to kind of try and score. Yeah. I do think midweek is probably the first time in a long time I felt like Sterling was doing everything right. Yes. And yeah. he was really trying you could see, I think more than other performances, he wasn't hiding and he was just genuinely really quite unlucky and he was putting himself about, getting himself into into dangerous situations, pulling the trigger and for whatever reason it just was not going in. That is the first time I feel like I felt like that with Sterling in a, a hell of a long time. The problem is obviously he needs it to go in. Uh, I think it's now two goals in 30 appearances for City, which is incredible for someone who you know has hit 30 goal seasons back to back yeah and i think has 14 goals in his last in his last 17 games for england so i think the thing the thing with raz the, the reason i find it so difficult and i do still think there's a glimmer of hope is it's not like he's just consistently playing shit he's playing he's been playing really well for england albeit in a slightly different context and with a different collection of players around him um so it's not like his game has totally died off the problem is obviously for city i do think jordan's right for probably nearly 18 months now he's been he's been really underwhelming and mm. i think the problem for him is that the options in our squad and particularly positionally are, are there are guys ahead of him on the left there are guys ahead of him on the right and with where we are at the moment he's probably going to have to play up front and we we know I think we all know how we feel about Sterling playing up front so it's tough um, I do I still think there's a chance he could turn it around um, he's faced a lot of adversity in his career but right now it's it's pretty difficult to say, um, which is why I think it's almost impossible to say what the kind of decision will be in the summer. I mean, it is an impossible one. It does just come down to guesswork on our, our part. But I mean, Jordan, kind of same question. Do, do you think Raz will be here in a year's time? Yeah, for the same reason that Lloyd thinks it's uh, there's a good chance of it. I just don't see where he goes. Yeah, uh, the the Barcelona stories are just utter nonsense. Yes. Um, every time I see one, I'm like, they they don't have a pot. So I don't know where they're going to find upwards of 50 million for him. Mm. Um, so I can't see him going to Newcastle. I can't see him going to um, Arsenal or Spurs or anywhere like that. As Lloyd says, things can change very quickly. And he's in a position, in a well, he's in a team where you get chances for things to change for you very quickly in the sense of when you're on the pitch, you can very easily score a brace and it's... Uh, it's not necessarily the most difficult thing to do. And we as fans can be fickle. And I know full well that if he goes on a run of scoring that my mind will change. And I think, right, well, let's keep him around. If I love this Sterling, let's keep him. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I just can't see at this moment where he would go. And I think 
like for most players nowadays, most top players, it would just make sense for him to run down his contracts and assess his options at the end of it. Because worst case, he'll get a nice big signing on fee from somewhere when his contract ends. And he'll, if he's not done well enough to go and play at the top level, so be it. But at, at the minute, he's not going to attract offers from teams which match his ambition. How, how would that play into kind of um, how the fans feel about him, Roy? Should he run down his contract? Because rarely, it, it can happen, of course, but rarely does it happen where a player runs his contract down and leaves with the best wishes to the fans. Um, might there be some kind of problems in that regard? Uh, possibly. I think it would depend on how the next 18 months go for Sterling, yeah, yeah. to be honest. Um, I, I think that would be pivotal. You know, right now... Um, I think there would be very few fans that would kind of begrudge Sterling leaving or, you know, it would generate the kind of atmosphere that him leaving Liverpool generated, for instance, or, you know, when a big player kind of turns their back on on a team. Um, you know, right now he's been with City long enough and he's done more than enough yeah. um, on the pitch that, you know, there's no way we should give any sort of adverse reaction. I think we should just be grateful for what he's done um, through a lot of difficult moments. But, you know, again, you just don't know what's going to happen over the next 18 months. If he kind of phones it in, um, you know, it really turns, who knows? Um, I, I doubt it. Sterling's not really like that. Um, I do think what happened midweek was positive. So, um, yeah, again, very difficult question to answer, I think. Okay, well, let's leave it there on, on an upbeat note, I guess. And, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel much the same way as, as you guys, to be honest. Um, and, you know, should he leave, um, he'll go my best wishes, regardless, really, regardless of what happens in the next kind of 18 months or so. Um, you know, I, I'll always love the lad. But, yeah, at this point in time, I'm kind of okay with him going. That's, it's, it's fair to say that. And it does come down to that incident at Anfield, which I just... Found shocking, frankly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one instant after all compared to a multitude of amazing moments he's given me and, and the fan base. Okay, let's move on to uh, this weekend, Brighton away. Um, oh, always a fixture I've wanted to go to this, you know. Um, and I was, I was supposed to be writing a book this year and it was cancelled because of the pandemic and it would have took me down to Brighton this weekend. And to be get paid to go down to Brighton to watch City would have been incredible, but never mind. Um, how are you feeling about this, Jordan? Is it a tricky one? Yeah, they're a very good side. Um, that, that much is clear. I think even people who are just casually watching football now know that Brighton are, are not the sort of duds that uh, they might have been under Chris Hewton. Mm. I think Graham Potter's an excellent manager. I'd say he's probably the, the most exciting British manager at the moment. Um, I think if Newcastle could get him, they should be doing that. I think he's destined for a top job. The job he's done there has been incredible. Fourth in the league, I believe. Um, They have had a very favourable fixture list. I don't think they've actually played anyone who you'd consider to be title challengers. Yet... um, but yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. But at the same time, we're Manchester City, and there's very few teams that we go and play. And I think that it, there's a chance that we could get turned over. Uh, there's there's more of a chance that it could be a walkover than City get get outplayed. I think 
Um, but I'm not taking it lightly. It's a difficult place to go. We lost there last season, even though the title was already done. Um, but at the moment, I th- you know, the way that City played midweek, yeah. the way that I've seen them play against Chelsea, against Paris, against Liverpool, you know, with Phil Foden playing the way that he is, Cancelo playing the way that he is, I don't think City have anything to fear. Well, I mean, they've lost only once to Everton, and that was back in August, um, Brighton, um, and they've conceded just once from open play, um, which now totals 44, sorry, 450 minutes, uh, just one goal from open play, really? and, and that's despite selling Ben White in the summer, uh, and they've been deprived of how to be their next best centre-back, Adam Webster too. So Potter's performing miracles down there. On the flip side of that, though, eight goals in eight games hardly smacks of prolificacy, does it? And um, they have a bang average XG as well. So they're not that much of a threat up front. Um, Trossard, however, is the key man for them. He's been moved more central now. He's kind of, he's even been compared down there to kind of, you know, uh, KDB. He's there. De Bruyne is what they say. So um, he's worth looking out for. Lloyd, are you feeling much the same way as Jordan? Kind of a, a tricky one that you expect City to overcome? Yeah, um, definitely. I think the interesting thing actually of Brighton, with Brighton is that their underlying numbers last year were much better. Yes. And they almost got relegated. I mean, <laughs> yeah. They they were you know, they were probably safe with a couple of weeks to go. It's it's almost like statistics of bullshit, right? <laughs> ah, well, uh I would Disagree. No, of course. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's half my job. <laughs> well, exactly. Betting companies. Um, but I think you know. If actually, if you look at the um, if you look at their underlying numbers this season, it's weird. They're they're quite bad. They're actually they're ranked fifteenth in the league for expected goals, which yeah. is pretty mental when you consider their. What are they, are they fourth at the moment? Yeah, they? fourth. Yeah, fifth of the way through the season, and they're fourth. So it's that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it, you know, it's relatively small sample size so far. But I think the thing that they've obviously managed to do, actually, watching some of their games this season, is they've they've just managed to get over the line and score, like you say, not many, but the odd goal in tight games and win. Whereas last season. They were draw merchants, weren't they? They drew so many games where they were the better team in the game and just couldn't either keep one out or or get one over the line. Um, so yeah, uh, I do expect us to, to do expect us to to win though, um, and I think obviously it'll be tough. And when teams play like Brighton do, um, it can cause City problems, but often actually. It helps sometimes, I think, when teams try and come out and play out from the back and yeah, um, come on to us. So, yeah, I'm expecting, a, a, obviously, a difficult game, but I do think it should be one that we should uh, get the three points. I mean, Pep loves playing Brighton, doesn't he? He loves talking them up before, and, you know, I'm sure in the in the press conference today, he'll say that Graham Potter is, you know, one of the best managers around in world football. And he'll mean it as well, and, and he'll be a big fan of how Brighton play. I, I think th- I, I think he's jealous of uh, Potter's lid. <laughs> it possibly very might do yes uh, what about team lineup? Um unsure about John Stones I don't know what's happening there I know he missed Bruce due to personal reasons so I don't know if he's going to be involved Torres of course is out um, those two aside City pretty much have a full pack to play with um, Jordan your kind of front three who do you think is going to play 
it's a weird one at the moment because I think the starting eleven for City is fairly straightforward. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there should be much tinkering apart from for rotation purposes. I think the front three should be as long as he's fit uh, and available. Jesus, um, Foden, Grealish. Don't, yeah. don't, I know Mara's played well against Bruges, but that front three has been doing the business in the league, um, and I don't see any reason to change it. What about in midfield, Lloyd? I mean, Gundogan is is back. Um, can you see him returning to the midfield? No, uh, I don't think that'll happen. Partly, mainly because we've got West Ham in the juicy Carabao on Wednesday, mm. so I expect it will be the full shags and will rotate <laughs> midweek. Um, right. Which might be slightly difficult from a load perspective because we've played what feels like that midfield in every game since I don't know when. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think maybe you could say Kev might just take a little chill pill and sit on the bench, but I thought second half actually he played really well against Bruges, so I'd be tempted to play him again to see if he can string more than three passes together in the first half. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kev. Uh, but yeah, How no, dare I, I, you. <laughs> no, no, I'm joshing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would be very surprised if it's anything other than Rodri, Bernardo, um, De Bruyne, to be honest. Yeah, and we're so, we're not reliant, reliance not the right word, but we, we, we still look to Bernardo right now, don't we? I mean, it's just, if he's starting, the confidence... You can't drop, you yeah. genuinely can't drop him. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Jordan, how do you think the game will actually play out then? I think it'll be a comfortable City win. As much as I've said it's uh, <clears throat> it's a tricky one. I think that, as Lloyd says, they might play into our hands. Um, it's obviously difficult to say, but I feel like there's so much confidence in the team. I feel like the spirit amongst the players is really good as well. At the moment, judging by the sort of celebrations when Cole Palmer scored against Bruges as well, and yeah. when Walker scored, I think they're all in a very good place. And uh, I, I'm not particularly worried. I can see City scoring early and it being 2 or 3 nil. That's my, my prediction. Mm. I, I feel much the same way, actually, even though I've described it as a tricky test and, and all the rest of it. And it will be tricky. You know, of course it was Brighton, but um, I just fancy a 4-0. And, and bizarrely, I also fancy a 4-0 for Liverpool against United. So I'm going to be on the lookout later and <laughs> see if I can have a, a, a bit of an accumulator there and 4-0 for both, which should be great odds. Um, Lloyd, how are you thinking this game might play out? It's going to be a full house, lads. Sorry, <laughs> not provide not providing the alternative opinion. Um, yeah, I think I I do think actually I don't, I just can't see it being a really tight, cagey, low scoring game like a one nil. Yeah. Um, I do think we'll get I do think we'll get at least a couple. And I yeah, if I had to put my house in it, I'd say it, it should be a comfortable win for us. To be honest. Yeah, yeah no, well, I'm glad we're all in agreement, to be honest. And, uh, well, it'd be far worse if we're all in agreement that we're going to lose 1-0, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> Talking of which, though, if we do go on to win comfortably, um, according to Opta Joe, City have scored five-plus goals in a game 40 times under Pep Guardiola, which is incredible. And it's particularly incredible when you think that the teams in second and third place, as regards to scoring five-plus goals in a game, are Liverpool and Spurs. Combined, their total equals ours. 
So we've scored as many as the second and third place combined in terms of thrashing opponents. What does this say about City under Pep, Jordan? Um, are we ruthless? Do we get sufficient credit for our attacking ambition? Um, I don't think City get the credit that they deserve, probably due to, for a neutral, I imagine that our games are quite boring to watch when we score five. Yeah, that's fair, um, fair show. It's uh, it's not particularly direct football. It's methodical, and a lot of the goals, you know, we don't really score many screamers. It's a lot of the goals are are sort of the same, which yeah. isn't taking away anything from it. It's fantastic, um, and it shouldn't be the case. But that's why I think City don't quite get the credit that they deserve. Um, ruthless is an interesting word because obviously. We're desperate for a striker and miss a hell of a lot of chances. But when we get going, you know, there, there really is no stopping us. The the goals that come from all aspects of the team should be credited because, I th- was it last season City had in six or seven players in double figures? Yeah. Um, just a fantastic team. I think it's telling as well that when you were looking at the end of last season for who City's best attacker was, you you weren't really sport for choice. Yet we'd scored the you know an incredible amount of goals, turned in some incredible performances as well. And uh, yeah, it's uh, don't really get the credit that they deserve. I don't really know what the word is for it, but we just dominate games when we are on it. Mm. The, the opposition may as well not turn up. We just suffocate uh, opponents, yeah. don't we? Yeah, suffocate is the right word. And, and what, what kind of strikes me is last season, Gundo was our leading goal scorer, and it was the lowest, uh, for, for a title winner, it was the, the lowest leading goal scorer in amount uh, since Frank Lampard in 2004-05. So, so that kind of says how we kind of spread the goals around. Um, Lloyd, what does... How commendable is that? The fact that we share the goals around and we're not relying. I mean, you look at, say, Spurs and Kane, for example, um, but that's commonplace in football, but a team will look to it. Well, I mean, we've done it in the past, of course, with Aguero. Um, it's quite rare and commendable, wouldn't you say? Very, yeah. Um, it's unorthodox, isn't it? Um, you know, Spurs actually last season are a good example. I think under Mourinho, uh, his entire tenure, I think Spurs... 66% of their goals came from Son or Kane. Yes. Oh, great stats, sir. Um, which is mental, <laughs> really. And was very evident, you know, when one of them, only one of them was out, they were a completely different side. Mm. Um, we are literally the opposite, you know, Walker and Cancelo scoring midweek. Um, you know, we've got so many scorers. I do actually think, to go back to the, your initial question to Jordan, our city like underappreciated, a hundred percent. But I think, I think, city are underappreciated by us, the fans. I think we have got used to yeah. battering teams five 0 in the Champions League. It's, it's nothing. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's ridiculous. I, it's mental. We just turn up to Bruges, who basically, by all accounts, obviously didn't watch the game, played PSG semi off the park. Are obviously a really good side. Um, that was clearly a difficult game, and we just we ended up just smashing them by <laughs> yeah. five, and as if it's nothing. And you know, we bring Cole Palmer, and he scores. That grabs the headlines, and 
you know that's really what the fans are asked about honestly Pep is a joke like the fact that we have scored that many goals that many times is ridiculous and the fact that we can do it without a striker, to be honest, is ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. there are, you know, look, there are times when I've been really frustrated by him because he is so good and he does do things that you're like, what are you doing? You know, I was there in Porto. It was very annoying. But the other side of it is we, I don't think we fully appreciate what we're experiencing. And he is the person that's moved the needle. And yes, I'm sure we'll win Premier Leagues and possibly Champions League when Pep goes. But uh, he's he's a joke, uh, and I think it doesn't get said enough. I, I completely agree. But as regards to kind of not having a centre forward, and as regards to how many times we basically batter teams, um, I do think it's that that old thing what we talk about footballers sometimes, where we say, you know, if if he was Spanish or if he was in Barcelona, we'd be raving about him, we'd take it for granted. I think the same applies to City. I, I think if you were talking about, you know, Ajax here. Or, you know, some kind of really cool South American team, books will be written about this, about this, the approach that City take. Um, and yet, because it's Manchester City, because it's so familiar, because it's every week on the Premier League, we, we, we do take ourselves for granted and up journalists take us for granted. Um, yes. And it's like. in, it's in this era of the Premier League where you have got possibly the most competitive era since Good the Premier point. League has, yeah, yeah. Been, has yeah. been invented. You've got, Liverpool under Klopp, who are also a joke. Um, yes, they had an off year last year, but for the last four years, they have been unbelievable and have matched us pretty much punch for punch, apart from the finest margins in a couple of aspects. And they've obviously managed to win the Champions League. And look at Chelsea under Tuchel now. Uh, look at Spurs under Pochettino for three years. Like you know, mm. it's, it's it is ridiculous the fact that we are this good in this era. Okay, and um, I'm just going to end on a really unfair question because Jordan raised something which I found really interesting and I've asked it about myself and I don't really know where I fall on this. So just kind of quickly, I'm going to ask, ask you both this. Jordan, if you weren't a City fan, given how we kind of suffocate teams and we do have a kind of a set pattern to our play and, you know, all the rest of it, would you enjoy watching City? Depends who they're playing, really. In the big games, absolutely, but in the in the home games against your Burnleys and your Norwiches, and I'm guessing if I wasn't supporting City, I'd be supporting the underdog because that's what I tend to do. Yeah, I just think there's no hope for them. I just like, what's the point in in <laughs> tuning in? I mean, obviously there's value in watching Guardiola's sides and appreciate. You know, if you're just purely a pure football fan, then you'd also appreciate the way that City play. But in terms of a spectacle, um, you're not really going to get the sort of two alls after 30 minutes that you had with Liverpool and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. It's not it's not that sort of watch. So I'd enjoy some games, but I think I could see myself giving plenty of them a miss just because I'd, I'd know what the outcome was going to be. I think that's a very fair shout. Um, Lloyd, do you, do you agree with all that? You know what? I'm actually the opposite. Oh, really? Slightly, yeah. And the reason I, I when you when you when Jordan said that, I was like, yeah, you know, he's right. I agree. And then I thought, actually, no, because when Wenger was at his pomp at Arsenal and they played really good football, I used to tune in for Arsenal games just to watch Arsenal play football. Mm. Um, I do think 
we are slightly different to Liverpool in that Liverpool are so intense and they are the heavy metal football. City can be, I mean, at our best against Bruges, we play ridiculous, fast-paced, one-touch, technical, high-level football, which, if you are a football fan, I think is the best to watch, in my opinion. Um, and that is similar, but slightly different to what Arsenal used to play. And yeah, when when they were at their best, when they used to score goals like that kind of Wilshire goal um, when Giroud kind of laid it off around the corner and that kind of you know team goals I used to tune in to watch Arsenal play you Burnley's and stuff because it's just great to watch uh, and yeah it's a bit boring that one team flat tracks the other but they are a um, yeah you know they're a great they, they were a great team so yeah. that's um, that's where I'm at see now I'm more confused than ever I agree with you both <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let's kind of end today by kind of looking at the the biggest game of the weekend. Undoubtedly, um, used to be two bald men fighting over a comb. Now one of them is is you know seriously good, and the other is still basically a bald guy looking for a comb. Um, United v Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan, will you be kind of su- not supporting? Is not the right word. Would you be wanting United to win this as regards to Liverpool being our main title rivals? <laughs> that's that's a difficult question, isn't yeah, it? It is. Um, well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I want them to win. Um, I wouldn't be gutted if they did. Yeah, mm. I saw a tweet uh, from a Liverpool fan, actually. I think his name's Phil Blundell. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And he tweeted after the United Atalanta match saying, I'm old enough to remember when United coming from 2 0 down to win 3 2 was annoying. <laughs> and um, that's the point where I'm at with United, really. Yeah, it's it's obviously great to see them not win, but it prolongs this period where I think we're all probably in agreement that their manager isn't good enough to have us worried. Um, So it's a bit of a win-win really this weekend. I'm not I'm not thinking about it too much at all. If Liverpool drop points, great. If United get battered, great. You know, I'm I'm sort of. I'm just happy to, I'm looking forward to watching the game that's all I think it'd be a good game yeah well I'm very much the same and there's there's been many times in the past where I've avoided this fixture because I've actively wanted one team to win you know as regards to the City's interests and I don't want to watch and you know support either, either side so I basically just give it a swerve looked at the result and then felt you know um, happy or sad afterwards about that um, but this one, I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it because you summed it up perfect there. It's win-win. There are pros to be had on both sides from a City perspective. Um, Lloyd, how do you think it's going to play out? How, do, do you think... I've got a feeling Liverpool are really going to do them, you know? Uh, it's it's difficult. I think I think there's a good chance Liverpool pump them, yeah. to be honest, um, because they're in unbelievable form. I don't think they've lost a game this season yet. No, they, they 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 score in every game they play, and I mean, I think it was going back to um, oh god, I had the stats somewhere, but it, it, it's astonishing how often they're scoring. They've scored. Um, well, United aren't keeping a clean sheet, are they? They've Let's kept one it. clean sheet in the last twenty games, United, which um, should be mentioned more. And Liverpool have just broke a record, haven't they, for scoring um, three plus goals away from home on eight consecutive occasions? So yeah, you're right. They're, they're banging for Liverpool. Uh, I actually heard John Murray say on the radio midweek because I was coming back from playing football myself it's United's longest run without a clean sheet at home in 57 years wow uh, so I think 
all the statistics are pointing towards Liverpool scoring at least one and United <laughs> conceding more than one. So mm. it's probably a question of can United score? Um, the only, I think the only caveat is annoyingly, Ollie's record in the big games is quite good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has to be said. He's generally, he's generally been poorer, um, in the games that you'd expect United to win, which is because I think they don't have a style of play and, uh, they don't have a proper ethos of how to approach games, which when another team like Liverpool definitely does and puts themselves so kind of affirmatively on you, it almost makes a decision for you that, you know, you're going to play more without the ball. You're going to be reactive rather than proactive. I think that does suit United. So mm. equally, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if United won the game. Um, however, again, obviously, betting man, I would go for Liverpool. Um, annoyingly, though, I do think we, the best result for City is a United win, probably. Yeah. On balance, um, I think a draw would be all right. But I do think Liverpool is beginning to look pretty imperious and, uh, you know, a smash around the the chops would probably be, be a good thing. Um, but obviously I'm never going to cheer United on for a win. So I'd take a draw, but um, in a way with Ollie being at the wheel and uh, the kind of murmurs of, you know, discontent <laughs> for him to stay longer, a United win would be great, I suppose. Well, so yeah, I'm, it's weird, isn't it? I see City fans say this and I'm completely with him. Of course I am. You know, I want Ollie to stay at that wheel for some time yet, but is it, Jordan, is he realistically in any danger of, of not being at the wheel? I, I don't think his job's on the line at any point this season. Um, what about yourself? I think if he gets a couple of pumpings in the next few weeks, that view can change very yeah. quickly. Um, I don't know who said it, but there is that saying that in football, you're only ever a few defeats away from a crisis. Mm. And um, the Atalanta game was somehow... Um, sold as a magical night at Old Trafford <laughs> yes. um, rather than needing a forest full of trees to paper over the cracks there. It was, I mean, they're, they're, they're in a real state. I, it, when I was in Greece, my, I was with my mate who's a United fan. He actually can't bear watching them at the moment. Um, the, the Leicester performance was terrible. There are shambles really and as much as they will set come out and say that Ollie's got the full support of the board, it really doesn't take much for things to turn. And while I think that when he's needed a result, they've generally come through for him. Um, so I, I actually don't expect it to be a hammering this weekend. I can see it being a, even a draw. Um, I don't think they generally get battered in this fixture. Mm. Um, it's at Old Trafford it's, as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah um, lost 4-2 last well, year, though. Yeah, but I still just can't see it being an absolute pummeling. But if it is, then all of a sudden the pressure's ramped up and then they could lose to us. They've got some other tough games as well. It's it's far from beyond the question that he's out the job by Christmas. Okay, well, that, that is kind of... Maybe mm. more inclined to hope that United win this weekend, which is not a sentence I like to say, but, you know, in the greater good, shall we say, but the greater good. Um, a draw will do. A draw will do nicely, absolutely. Thank you very much for joining me today, Jordan. It's been too long and, and you're always welcome, mate. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Lloyd. 
Cheers, mate. Cheers, man. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to send our sympathies to Steve Bruce for being subjected to criticism for being consistently rubbish at his job before getting an £8 million payoff The poor love. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the blues.